Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? You are listening to Ignite Your Faith with Aaron Gale. Today, we're going to be looking at Jonah chapter 1, verse 7 through 17. But before we get into that, we're going to uh, just recap what we learned in the previous six verses inside of Jonah chapter 1. If you remember correctly, Jonah was called by God to go to Nineveh and announce his judgment against that city. Jonah had escaped. Uh, he had hoped to escape from God's presence by sailing in the opposite direction. And the storm had threatened to tear that ship apart. So fearing for their lives, the sailors cried out to their gods for help. They even threw cargo overboard to lighten the load. While all of this was going on, Jonah had fallen into a deep sleep. And the captain and the sailors were freaking out. They demanded that Jonah get up and call out to his God. You see, Jonah was called by God to go to Nineveh and to preach God's judgment against that nation. And Jonah decided that he didn't necessarily want to go do what God had asked him or called him to do. So instead of traveling 500 miles to Nineveh to do the things that God asked him to do, he was disobedient. And he chose to go to a land named Tarshish, which was 2,500 miles away. So Jonah fled over five times further than what it would have took him to get to the place where God called him to. Sometimes in life, we, we're being called by God to, to take a step of faith or to do a certain thing. And all it is, it's just a short distance before we get to that, that land of promise, but we choose to go the other way just like Jonah did. Jonah was on this boat in this, this hurricane, this, this horrible storm. And as he was on this boat and, and inside of this storm, he, he went to sleep. Like, how can you go to sleep inside of a hurricane when you're in the bottom of a boat? I don't understand. I believe Jonah had become comfortable. I believe Jonah was in a deep sleep. He was almost like he was sleepwalking through life. And I believe that could that could uh, be a, a sign for us, showing us that we too could fall asleep within our storms and accept them for what they are. We should never accept the storm for what they are. We should always push forward through those storms by perseverance and endurance through Christ. So tonight, we're going to look at Jonah chapter 1, verse 7 through 17. And before we do, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever fallen into a deep sleep spiritually because you decided to run away from God's presence? You see, several, several months ago, I was in probably the worst battle I've ever been in in my life. 
I was battling severe anxiety and depression and insomnia. There was nothing wrong with me. There was everything's going right. My marriage is great. My kids are awesome. Everything's good at work. And you know, out of nowhere one day, I start to, to feel different. And it, it was a gradual process. It just didn't all happen in one day. But I started to battle this severe anxiety and, and depression. It started off with anxiety and started off to where, you know, it was, it was slowly creeping up on me and couldn't sleep at night. And it just got to the point to where I would, I couldn't function. I couldn't see straight. I couldn't focus at work. Um, I couldn't barely drive. You know, my wife, my wife didn't. Uh, she told me that I couldn't drive our, our new truck anymore because she was scared I may wreck it. I got to the point where I told her that I actually hated my life, and that's a that's a serious thing because in my family, suicide and bipolar and and all of those issues are very real and the enemy has had a, a hold over my family for for generations through those things. So whenever I say that, I, I began to hate my life. That was a scary thing. I didn't accept it. That, it, that wasn't who I was. But those thoughts of me hating my life were going through my head because I couldn't sleep at all. I would go to work, don't know how I got through work, while I was at work, the depression was creating false realities in my head that I was going to lose my job. I believe everybody was against me. I felt all alone. I couldn't spend time with my kids. I, I didn't watch TV. I'd get home at 4.30 and just try to go, go upstairs and go lay down. It was the worst a spiritual attack I've ever endured in my life. And like I said, there was nothing wrong. I, I, everything was going okay and out of nowhere this hit me I didn't want to be around people it was trying to completely change who I was as a person because as a person I'm someone who loves to be around people I'm someone who loves to talk and, and, and to uh, just be engaged in relationships with others and while I was going through this I was none of those things so the battle was real I remember going to church one day and just going up to the front where uh, where they was praying for others and just breaking down and crying. Just so tired. Not knowing why. Just so tired of the struggle. And you know what? God showed me two reasons why I had to go through that particular storm. I was clearly under attack spiritually. And I believe I was partly to blame for allowing that attack to come upon me. Unknowingly, I pulled away from God. I wasn't reading my Bible, praying, or serving in ministry the way that I should. So I was just like Jonah. I was running away from the calling that God gave me. And because of that, I was unhealthy spiritually. So I want to encourage you, do not be ashamed of your struggles because we all go through tough seasons and experience difficulties. Your struggle is your story and your story is your gift to others.
here is some good news. We're all in this together. Tonight we're going to try to answer this question. Why do I have to go through storms? The first point in my outline or the first point within this message that I would like to talk to you about is embrace your storm. Jonah 1, 7 through 8 reads, Come on, the sailors said to each other, let's cast lots. Then we'll know who is to blame for this trouble we're in. So they cast lots and the lot singled out Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us who is to blame for this trouble we're in. What is your business and where are you from? What is your country and what people are you from? Jonah was identified as the cause of the storm because the lot fell on him. The sailors began overwhelming him with questions. They wanted to know which God Jonah had offended and who they could blame for their current circumstance. They were looking for a way out, a remedy to save them from their current situation. Isn't it ironic when we're going through a tough season or we are in the middle of a great storm, we automatically begin looking for someone else to blame. I know when, when I'm in the midst of my struggle, I start asking certain questions like, why am I going through this? What did I do to deserve this? Don't you love me, Lord? Why is life always so hard? Will this ever end? Jonah wasn't pursuing God. He was, a running, he was running away from him. He was comfortable spiritually and he didn't want to do what God was asking him to do. Has anyone ever worked with someone who was just hired and you know that when they get hired they, they come to work and they're all excited because they got a new job they're uh, doing anything and everything possible to accomplish their tasks plus more helping everybody else out whenever they can you know just all around in a, a, a great mood just they, they embody a great attitude and you want to be around them and then over time, as, as time goes by, you know, that, that person may begin to get comfortable at work. They may be uh, come to work and say things like this. I don't need to sweep that floor. I'm a truck driver. I don't need to answer those phones. I'm a secretary. You know, after a while, they don't, they don't worry about helping other people out. They're only focused on that job title that they was hired to accomplish. Oh, since I drive a truck, I can't do anything but drive a truck. And when I drive that truck or I load that truck, I'm still going to be lazy. Because I know... I'll never get a raise. This is the best that I'll ever get. So I'm just going to become comfortable 
and not complete the task or work uh, to get the job done in the manner that I once did. This can apply also in, in relationships. We can become comfortable in our relationships. You know, whenever me and my wife first met, and it was it was awesome, you know. It's kind of like that puppy love. You're infatuated with each other. Go buy each other stuff. Get her roses. Leave it on her windshield. You know, you you just overjoyed with the newness of a relationship in your life. And to be honest, we've been together for 16 years now. After a little bit. You can become comfortable in a relationship if you don't work at it. You know, you have to work at those romantic things. You have to work at making your relationship not, um, you, you have to work at not allowing your relationship to become comfortable. The same things with your relationship with Jesus. When you first meet Jesus, it's awesome. You're all in. You're seeking him, praying, reading your word, hungry, ready to go, ready to punch the devil in the throat. And then over time, we can become comfortable. And that's when the enemy comes in. That's when the enemy comes in and tries to pick us apart because he knows our weaknesses. He knows the things that we haven't been doing in the areas in which he can attack us. So I want to encourage you, don't allow yourself to become comfortable spiritually, emotionally, mentally, or physically. If you're in a relationship, work. Do not let that relationship become stale. When we start saying things like this, I believe we have become comfortable at work. In our relationships or even when I, in our walk with God. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh and tell everyone that God's judgment was coming. Jonah did not want to tell anyone that God's judgment was coming. He may have been terrified to go to a city where he was not known and start announcing that the end was near. Or maybe he was in a place spiritually where he was just existing and not active. And what God called him to do. I know over the past few weeks, God has been dealing with me about this personally. I've been asking myself, self, am I making an impact? I've been asking myself, self. Yeah, I do talk to myself if you're wondering. And sometimes when I talk to myself, I refer to myself as self. That's just what I did. That's who I am. Don't judge and don't hate. So I've been asking myself, self, am I making the impact on others that God has called me to make? Or am I just existing within our current church structure? Or am I engaged in the purpose and vision he has designed for me? Over the last few months, I began asking myself these three questions. Am I just attending Wednesday and Sunday services or am I involved in furthering God's kingdom? by being involved? Am I adding value to anyone other than myself? Have I allowed any excuses to keep me from serving my family, my church, and my community? 
You see, when we convince ourselves that our excuses are real, we put a lid on the potential that God has placed inside of us. Mm. When we convince ourselves that our excuses are real, we put a lid on the potential that God has placed on ourselves. Now for me, I've got to get to a place to where I can't make any excuses for anything because excuses, they, they kill me spiritually. Those excuses lead me to begin to justify the things that I may be doing in a certain situation. When I make excuses like, oh, I can't, I can't make that because uh, I can't attend that small group because, you know, my schedule just doesn't allow it. Or I can't get up early in the morning because it's so hot during the day, so I'm not going to read my Bible that day. Or I don't really have time to pray. Or, you know, I want to be, I want to be delivered from the, the grips of addiction. But I just don't want to eliminate those people in my life that I've been around the past few years. You see, when we, when we convince ourselves that our excuses are real, we put a lid on the potential that God has placed inside of us. So when we make excuses, the potential that's inside of us is kept in. Our greatness will never be released if we continue to make excuses. We have to get to a place to where we don't accept any excuses in our lives. And I promise you, when we do, it will be the most alive spiritually we've ever been. It's such a great place. It's a place of trust. It's a place of boldness. It's a place of, I'm not going to allow these things to happen to me anymore. I'm not making any more excuses. I'm going to be responsible for my personal growth. I'm going to be responsible for my personal relationship with God. I'm not going to make excuses anymore. You know, to be completely honest, sometimes I don't feel like showing up at five o'clock to help that evening service up. Sometimes I don't feel like staying after the 1230 service for a dream team meeting. Sometimes I don't feel like signing up to serve on a team or I don't feel like small, uh, leading a small group. We all hear these voices and some are valid. However, they can keep us from reaching our full potential in Christ. Now, I want you to be honest. Nobody needs to raise their hand here. But have you ever said to yourself, self, there it is again. I like to talk to myself, y'all. Have you ever said to yourself, self, I can't wait for this Sunday to be over because I'm not on the schedule to serve for the next three weeks. I want to caution you. If you ever caught yourself saying or thinking these things, this is a sign of burnout. It is also an indication that you may have become comfortable and are not pursuing the calling that God has placed on your life. If this is you, I would like to encourage you to speak to your small group or dream team leader. We want you to serve in the area that God has called you. Burnout is not a fun place to be. I have become comfortable spiritually due to burnout and without even knowing it, 
I was running away from the presence of God, just like Jonah. When we run away from God's presence, we invite spiritual storms to come in and wreak havoc on our lives.